0: Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this camp meeting, for each person here, for the children that they touch and reach, whether it's in their family, in their Sabbath school, in their youth group, in their uh, pathfinders or adventurers. And I pray that you will be with us as we study this important topics today. In your holy name, amen. I'm like, just want to be able to hear myself think here. All right, well, happy that you're here. Does this mean that you all represent children in some form? Well, I hope that you um, will enjoy this topic because I think it's very dear to my heart as I was studying it, I thought, oh my, you know, it comes together, all these things that you see and all of a sudden you realize that you've got, there's a big issue going on out there, so let's talk about it. Aaron Ralston, he was literally stuck between a wall and a hard place. I don't know if you remember him. He was in Utah's Blue John Canyon. And he had toppled over some stones and one stone rolled and caught his arm underneath. Do you remember that? Yeah, we all heard about it on the news. He sat there trying to figure out what to do. He couldn't move. He couldn't even reach his water bottle. He didn't know what to do. He um, started thinking about his parents, and he started to think about his married sister, and then he thought about her wedding that was going. She wasn't married yet, but she was going to have a wedding with all of his friends and all of his relatives. And he started thinking about that and thinking, "I'm going to miss it, and I'm going to be, I'm not going to be there, and I'm going to not see everybody." And he took his pocket knife. And he thrust it into his arm without any anesthesia and he cut it off. And he freed himself from the rock. And he survived, mostly because why? Of that need to see his family. Is the need to see a family very important? Don't we all have this great need to see a family? Um, Jesus was hanging on the cross. Here he was in such terrible pain. He had all the sins on his shoulders. He was so burdened with the world and all the things that, all the sins of everyone. And he saw his mother. Do you remember that? And he saw her tears and he saw her grief and her sorrow. And despite the fact that he's sitting there with his, his flesh is ripping, he says to another disciple to take care of her in so many words because he felt so sad to see her in a grief. I'm like, we have empathy, don't we, for our family members? We are bonded, we're sad, we want to help people. But on the flip side, well, how many of you know that you love your family members, right? You love your family members. Do any of you think that you ever love your family members too much? And what does that mean? Do you think that if we love them too much and we are too easygoing because we never want to make them unhappy that we can damage our children? or other people's children and I believe that that's happening there's a study from Hopkins University it says parents are so tender-hearted today they admit they have a hard time disciplining their children as a result children are getting away and engaging in risky behaviors at a higher rate than any other generation wow that's from Duke University in North Carolina. Well, I guess it was a joint study with one from uh, University of Maryland. Is that sad? Let's read this, and this is regarding the training of children. You want to read it with me? And you see um, when there's capitalized, you got to emphasize that, okay? Oh, that all would understand that these small duties are not to be neglected. Children are peculiarly susceptible to the lessons they receive in the early years. They will carry with them through life. All the learning they may acquire will never undo the evil resulting from lax discipline in childhood. Woo, right? Some people see Mrs. White's words as condemning and judgmental. I would like to say that they're a warning. When you see a sign that says stop, do you go, oh, that's upsetting. You don't, you say, oh, I better start thinking and being really focused because there's something ahead. To me, that's a comment that says we need to be really focused on the fact that not doing our work and being lax in our discipline could set up our children for some major problems in the future. Agreed? What is our, by the way, we should always have a goal. What's your goal in raising your children? What do you hope to accomplish? Let me tell you what parents often have said in my counseling practice. They go, I just want them to be happy. Well, what if smoking pot and having sex outside of marriage makes them happy? What if abusing dogs makes them happy? Really, is it really just their happiness? Okay, so tell me some worthwhile goals that we should have for our children. Can you just shout them out? What I'm saying, one. Show them the love of Christ. The love of Christ. So we're going to exemplify the love of Christ, hoping to get them to heaven, and that they will also exemplify that in their lives after they've seen it. What did you say? Respect authority. Respect authority because if they don't respect authority when it comes to teachers, police officers government, uh, ministers, uh, parents, whatever, we're gonna have kids who always think that they're above the law or that their selfishness is more important than anyone's nurture, right? Okay. And up to be responsible in functioning out in the world without us. Uh, so we wanna raise them to be independent? Yes. Well, when I got empty nest syndrome, I thought, why did I raise my kid to be so independent? She used to wrote me wrote me an email every day when she went to Southern, and then they started getting farther and farther apart. And I thought, what have I done? It's a good thing, though, right? If she was dependent and calling me, crying every day, my happiness and peace would be impacted because I'd always be worried about her. We really do want to raise them to be independent, respectful, and able to com- accomplish the things in their lives they can do. Anything else? Be nice to people. You know what? Just be kind Actually, I, there's a website that I created for the um, conference, and you are all welcome to use it. It's for bullying, and it's called bekind.com, or .org, whatever you wish. Be kind, because that is a really nice. It doesn't matter what relationship we're in, right? Can I say that um, there was a seminar yesterday, and I saw somebody going by with tears that was working with the seminar, and I said, "Is everything okay?" And they go, "Just." Don't, And I guess because people went to a room where there wasn't enough room, they had just lambasted the person that set the room up. And I said, a free seminar, and hardly, we can't prophesy how many people are there. And really, they ruined her camp meeting experience because they were mad that they didn't get a seat when they came in five minutes late. So I'm just saying that we have to recognize that wherever we're at, we need to be kind, right? Attitudes get us nowhere, if we had said, come, let us reason together like the Bible said, we could have probably figured it out, right? But you never know, and it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're waiting in line or whether you're in your car and somebody takes and put, goes comes in front of you. Like by, Being kind is really nice. Actually, I was listening to Strong Tower Radio today. Anybody else doing that today? Listening to your radios and your RVs and in your tents so you can hear some of the meetings. And the lady said, we need to be... We need to be willing to bless people without any expectations. And then all of a sudden, your joy is so much higher. I'm like, wow, that's a great thought. Was it 93.5? Anybody can help him? Is it 93.5? Okay. So again, another goal, to love Jesus. Yeah, I think those are really goals. So when you think about that, that's what we're going to do in this seminar, is we're going to try to get our kids to the place where we are helping them to function as best we can. Now I want you to know that some of you have kids with special needs and I I don't have the specialized for those special needs kids. There are kids with lots of needs, personality disorders, uh, illnesses, autism or whatever and and I'm, I'm stereotyping we're talking about the kid who doesn't have those issues. But there are things that you can certainly learn in the seminar, even if you have a child with those issues. Two-thirds of parents today admit they spoil their kids. So if I took this room, two-thirds, right? You know, I need fourths. Okay, so let me see. One, two, three. So all these people spoil, and you over here are doing a good job. <laughs> Isn't that kind of sad? Do you see it? Yeah. I was just at TJ Maxx this morning. This young little boy was standing on a metal um, rack, and his mother's looking at the stuff. He's banging and hitting and taking hangers and slamming. You can hear it all through the store. And she's going, Matthew, stop that. Bang, 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 bang. Matthew? Matthew? What did I say? Bang, 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 bang. What what is Matthew wanting? Mother's attention. Is he getting it? He's getting kind of a bad attention, right? He knows she's not really serious about what she's doing, right? So then, you know, the mother had a really good discipline. She said, okay, I'm going to (laughs) count. Bam, 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 bam. I said I'm going to count. So he's bang, 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 bang. Then she goes, one, bang, 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 two, bang, bang, bang. I'm waiting. Nothing. Bang, 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 bang. She must have been busy with another rack of clothes. He needed that attention. He wanted that boundary, didn't he? He was just dying to get her attention, but she had her mind somewhere else. And that's what happens is when we're not looking, you never know, right? I was one time sitting on the front, you know I didn't really like my daughter out playing without um, me watching her all the time, so I sat on the front couch and she was playing with a playmate in our front yard and my back was to her and I was reading the, the newspaper. My mind was off my daughter, wasn't it? And then the girls came in about 20 minutes later and they go, did you see that man? I said, what man? Well, the man that came up in the car. No, I didn't see that man. What, you mean he came right, right, right here? You mean right here at the curb? Yep, came up to the curb. And you know, he opened the door and he wanted us to show him on the map where South Haven was. And I said, a stranger? And what did you do? Well, we were scared, so we stood on the curb. And he kept saying, no, come show me the map, come show me the map. Behind my back. <laughs> I was only a couple feet away, but I was behind the picture window with my mind on something else. And she said, and we thought, that's really kind of silly, isn't it? A man can't read a map by himself. He has to act, ask kids that are like 7 and 8 to help him. I'm like, you're right, that was not okay. And I thought, so many times we just have our minds somewhere else, don't we? And it could have been a horrendous situation. We need to keep our minds focused all the time. There are um, parents who believe that when their kids are playing video games or watching television that it's good for them. Um, what could be good about video games? Is there anything you can think of? I have parents who tell me yes, but you know I want them to be a computer person sometime, and that gives them a good ability and skill to try and figure out how to do the computer. But I'm thinking that there's really a real truth. What happens when we have our kids investing their time in that? What happens for the mother or the father? They They've got some time to themselves, right? So maybe we say that, but the truth is that we are tired and we just need time to ourselves. There are better things they could do with their time. Oh. You study the Word of God, do a devotion. And, and usually they love your involvement too. Yes. Like when my mom told me to go out and rake the leaves, I'm, the leaves didn't get done. You know, I found bugs on the leaves and then I could make them into mounds. And then, but then when mom or dad came out, we got the leaves done and they showed me how to do it. Now there's something about mentoring your children and something, they right? They want your time. Here's what studies say video games are played in 70% of families with adolescents, And video games erode family values. Can you figure out how that would happen? When they're in a video game, who's the hero? They are, right? King of the universe, right? They're... So, actually, a long period of time being the king makes you feel that you're very empowered, right? What happens when you get off the video game and your mother tells you to pick up your shoes? Well, that just doesn't go along with the fact that you were just the king of the world, right? So you can see that they start to get really resentful because they're treated completely different in the video game. The other thing is that many kids are playing violent games, and most of the parents who discovered that said they did not know that their kids had been playing hours before that there was some study it went in and it was interviewing students and then they went to the parents and the parents said what games what violent games so the parents were completely unaware they said when they are watching a lot of increased violence that they have more aggression towards their family members and their animals is that a good thing? children who have no restrictions with video games if um, my mother told me when I was young Lori, there's ice cream in the refrigerator. You just help yourself. Anything you want. We got strawberry and chocolate and caramel and butter pecan. And then we've also got malto cereal and granola and some apples. Do you think I was gonna go for the granola and apples? What and and have you ever seen kids who will eat themselves sick? When you have no restrictions on video games, will you continue to play video games? Because you have to keep getting into the next level, so it becomes addicting. How do kids act when they're addicted to video games? They're they're sullen and angry. They don't want to participate in family activities. They always want to get away to go back and play. They're mad when you made them stop. There are people who come in all the time. Actually, I I don't see children anymore. I have to tell you that when I saw children it meant I needed to talk to a principal and a counselor and the family physician and maybe the teacher and maybe the babysitter and it was just a lot of work when you only saw people for an hour to start making all those phone calls so actually not many people want to see children anymore it's just so involved. Well, when I see parents I hear from the parents and many of the problems between the parents is how to um, deal with a child who's very addicted to video games, who doesn't want to participate in any family activities, who doesn't want to come to the table when it's dinner time, who doesn't want to go to church, who wants to know how long they have to be at everything because they want to get back to their video games. And so this has caused a lot of problems. And sometimes there's people who are passive and they let things go and go and go and then BAM! They're mad and they're so mad at their kids and then they're Their spouse is upset that they're upset at their kids, and it's because they're not taking charge and doing it in a healthy way. That's what we're going to work about. Overindulgence always proves an injury to children. This is by um, Ellen White again. And again, this is not a judgment. This is like an encouragement to really get on it. It is cruelty to allow wrong habits to be formed. How many of you have have some wrong habits and it was really hard to get through them. Like a coffee habit or or something where you um, you stayed up late in the night and then you couldn't hardly function at work the next day. Is it hard to get over those things? Absolutely. So when it's children and it's being formed in their character as they're growing up, that's really a big trouble. Children are not to be taught to do as they please. Do not release your children from what you have required them to do. Do not allow yourself to become careless. If you lose your temper, you lose the respect of your children. It's really hard, isn't it? It's hard not to be angry when the kids act like children, huh? Never scold, never permit scolding in the home. So, in other words, like I have a young girl who was telling me the other um, a few weeks ago how her mother has been very, very angry, very mean. She'd throw things, she would shove them, etc. And I said, "Well, you know, I'm trying to be encouraging." Well, at least you have a really nice father. She said, "I don't respect my father." I said, "Really? He seems to be such a loving father." She said. He's watched this for years, and he never, ever said anything to my mother about stopping the behavior because he doesn't want to be in trouble with her. And she said, so I have suffered a lot because my dad wouldn't speak up. So she has a really poor relationship with both of them. Very important to stop what's going on in your, in your home when it's not appropriate. As parents, you stand in the place of who? to your children, and you are to be on guard. Bad habits are more easily formed than good ones. Did you hear that? Any of you tried to start walking every day? You're going to stop eating sugar. You're going to, what else? You're going to drink eight glasses of water a day. It's hard to get good ones established. And then what happens if you stop just like for a day? Yeah. It takes far less time and pains to spoil the disposition of a child. It is only by what Constantly. Did you see how how often we need to be watching them? Constantly. Constantly watching and counterworking the wrong that we can hope to make the disposition right. This is not with a rod, this is not with a gun. This is like encouragement moving forward. The Lord will be with you. Is that encouraging? I'm going to say that again, and I hope you'll say amen. The Lord will be with you as you try to form right habits in your children. But you must begin the training process when? Or your future work will be very difficult. You ever seen a tree, and it's growing, and all of a sudden the, the limb goes the wrong way, and you kind of like tie it, and you want to bend it in a certain way, but it keeps on going that way? Or how about a colic? Anybody got colics? I haven't checked my hair today. I have two. Dennis the Menace is right here. And as I walk across, I think, oh no, they're probably going to stick up. It's like so hard to make it calm and go calm, get calmed down. Bear in mind that your children belong to who? And are to become his sons and daughters. He designs that families on earth shall be samples of family in heaven. What will our heavenly families be like? No mad comments encouragement, love, time together, respect. Like, you can only imagine what it will be like that, and we want it to be the same way. But it's so easy when we're around each other to take each other for granted, isn't it? And to actually think about that. And if we're not thinking about it, and we don't keep our focus on where we're going, we might not accomplish with what God wants us to do. Here's another one. What percent of parents say that their kids would prefer going shopping rather than going on a family outing? 50%. And what they did is they found out that kids are so impressed by the things that they see on television and the images, the kinds of stuff to buy, that they found out that kids will buy things because they want to keep up with everybody else, but they don't want to do things with their family. I hope that's not true in your family but I'm just saying that it is happening in a lot of families out there. No other generation has had more access to the internet than this generation. Has it always been good? They have the ability to enter a private world, right, where nobody's talking to them, no one's interrupting, and they're focused very much on the subject that they're in. There's a lot of fantasy that goes on. There's a lot of people that meet partners in fantasy worlds. I can tell you that when they come in for counseling, they're a mess, because guess what? Their relationship was based on fantasy, and it's not working. This undermines a lot of our family life and our parental authority. If you truly feel that your children will hate you if you say no to them, you will want to be their friend, right? We have another issue going on, and that's we've never had more divorces than we've had in this generation. And when you have divorces, what does it do to a parent who doesn't get to see their child and influence them as much as they used to? What does it make them fear? That they're going to lose them and that they're going to have no influence on them. And chances are that when you only have 50% or less, you really don't have as much influence. And so what happens is the kids may learn a way to manipulate their parent. We live in an evil world. I don't know that they get up and go, I wonder how I can manipulate my parent, but it just happens, right? Or if a parent says, No, you can't do that. You have to go to work you have to do your homework before you go to bed. So then they go to it. what do they do? They go to the next parent and going, you know, I don't have any homework. Do you think that I, you know, could stay up a little later? Have you ever heard that where they go to another one? Because it's just inborn that rebellion. We are born into sin and we keep on working in sin. And kids will manipulate their parents. And what will they do to a divorced parent? They manipulate them more. In fact, the toy companies watch the statistics for divorced parents because they know that their toys, their sales will rise. Did you know that? We have waves in the United States. And when the economy goes down, there's more substance abuse and there's more, uh, there's more physical abuse, so the, the divorce rate goes up. And the toy economy knows that they're going to sell more toys. Isn't that something? Did you realize that? There's a lot of stuff out there going on. Um, You have to be really responsible and allow yourself not to be manipulated. And that means, how do you do that? You have to realize that you're doing the things that you know that your Heavenly Father wants you to do, not because it always feels good or that it feels practical, because your emotions are not a good guideline of what you need to do. Your head is. Parents are wrestling with defiant kids all across the nation. Have you heard it? Kids that are shooting parents? Parents that are shooting kids? There's a war being waged block by block, house by house, across the United States, right? When we see these things where a bus runs into people or... Somebody's out shooting people in these public things. It's somebody's child, isn't it? An angry child. And it's really sad. But parents have a lot of power over their children. If you look at a lot of the statistics and research, when they look and talk to kids, kids mostly say they really want their parents' attention, their time, their opinions, and they really care what their parents think about them. Isn't that something? So you would think they'd have nothing anymore but no, they really do want some help. The majority of parents admitted they buy products they know are what for their kids because the kids said they needed them. We used to tease my daughter because she needed an ice cream cone. Do you ever need an ice cream cone? My mom would say, well, do you want? A, do you need it or you want it?" I need it and I want it. <laughs> yes. That's right. We have to share. We have to show them what is the difference between needs and wants, right? I need to be fed right now. Well, we probably won't die, but it would be nice to eat, right? I need that pink shirt. Well, you you don't need it, but you want it, right? Very important differences. Um, they said that there's never been a time when we're more prosperous. You may feel poor today. You may feel like you don't have much money, but guess what? Kids are getting more stuff than they've ever gotten before. Kids are getting it earlier, before their age, and before the limits of what they can do with it. And um, they are also, when, let's say, okay, you're going to be a parent. What is your first name? Deirdre. Deirdre? Deirdre. Deirdre. Okay. So Deirdre is a parent, and her son wants an iPad tomorrow. And he's really mad and he's going after Deirdre. I'm I'm having a little hard time there. Yeah, (laughs) Joanne, okay. So, anyway, what he's doing is he's depending on her, right? If she looked at him and said, What are you going to do to earn that? Well, then it would be on his shoulders. But he's like, When are you going to get it from me? I need it. My, my, My friends say I need it. I need it for an assignment, whatever. So now he's made himself dependent on his mother. Do you see what happens when we do that? Because as soon as we start to hand our kids something, now we think that only my parent can satisfy that for us and there's no responsibility on me. So that's another issue. So earning time for that? Earning time. Yes. Children who had a nickel or a dime, they ask them what do they want when they're young. They want the nickel because it's bigger. They have to learn the value of the dime, right? They also, um, another thing they do, and that just makes all kinds of things come up I probably shouldn't be going off on, they put M&Ms now. I loved M&Ms when I was little. Any of you like them when you're big too? <laughs> okay, so they put an M&M in front of a child and they go, you can have that M&M when I get back, but I'm going to be out of the room for a few minutes. And then they go out of the room. Have you ever seen this? What is? What do most of the children do? <laughs> they look at it. They sniff it. They have a two way thing. They're licking it. They're putting it back down. Then they, yeah. And then they're like, it's like. And what they found is when they tracked the kids that could not wait versus the ones that waited, the ones that waited were more persistent. They were able to finish projects. They were more focused on what they were doing. But the ones that were impulsive that had to have it now, Were the ones that made faster judgment calls and got into more trouble. So, very important that we teach them to wait. Yeah. Maybe that's why, is it Jacob and Rebecca? Jacob and, no, that was Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel. Remember, he waited so long for her and he loved her more than the other wife. And I'm like, he waited for her a long time, so he really appreciated her. That's right. Maybe that's a good thing for us to think about when it comes to love and marriage, huh? Exhausted parents disengage from their kids by getting on the Internet when they finally get home. Oh, have we ever had a society that's worse than right now? I I had a couple come in a few weeks ago, and the husband said, you know, the kids really want to be involved with you. I'm involved with the kids, she kept saying. He said, but when you come home, they really want your attention, and you get on your phone. She said, yes, but I don't get on my phone for the whole night. He said, no. When you go to bed, you finally get off your phone. But the kids, you know, had wanted to talk to you about school or what they need to do, and you're always telling them, no, not right now, can't you see I'm busy? And she's on her phone. He said, and I'm usually fixing the dinner or cleaning up whatever. You know, he's being the martyr, but, you know, he was doing the work. And um, the marriage is not going to make it because of other issues. And, um, And I said, how are your children doing? And she said, they don't want to live with me. They want to live with their father. And he said, but I'm the one who takes them to church, and I'm the one who plays with them, and I'm the one who takes them to school, and you just sit on the couch watching your phone. They want to be involved with you if you just stop that. But, and I thought how sad it is. And how many homes is, are like that, right? We are addicted to our technology, are they not? I have a um, new teenage, no, not a teenage, he acts, no, I shouldn't say that. Maybe I, I'm on recording. I have a son in my home now. I haven't had him for a long time. And I've been teasing him because he's on his phone all the time. And I said, would you like me to put a hook right here? And he's like, why? Why, Mother? Why would you want to put a hook there? I said, because we could hang your phone on it. And then when we have a conversation, I'm going to pretend that you're looking in my eyes when you're really watching the phone. And he went, oh. He's really trying to slow it down now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there are so many things to talk about, and I just even don't know where to go first. But we're, I want to give you time for questions at the end. Oh, there are people who are divorced that feel they have to compete with the other parents, so they try to give them more and more and more. But does it really buy love and respect? No. Actually, it, it actually is really harmful for our children. Do you remember, I remember as I was growing up, my mom used to talk about somebody whose child, they just would hand her money and let her go to the theater, and she really wanted them to go with them. Well, today they just hand them toys and items and hope that they're going to love them. But in the end, nobody gets the love that they really want, do they? Um, The majority of parents allow their kids to buy bad items because they said they needed the item. The other thing is they want to compete with their friends. And their parents are very fearful that they're not going to be popular unless they do the things that their friends are doing. Kids will do all kinds of things to manipulate their parents. Can you tell me what they would do? Make you feel guilty. Make you feel guilty. How would they do that? Oh, come on, Mom. Come on. Yes, you're yes. Yeah, that's right. Anything else? That's not fair. fair. I I just got it. Yeah, because you know, Jim has one. Why don't I? Or you know, everybody has that, right? You don't love me. You ever gotten that one? What else, Julie? So, so small. What you? What else? Yes. Yeah, and they're nice people too. Evidently, you know, they love them better than you do, yeah. So I'm going to say it to the microphone. A 10-year-old wants a cell phone, and so she's been working on this issue. And what? And he'll say, everybody in my class has one. She said, should I call everyone in your class to see whether you have one? I have to do the mic. Yeah. How about... um, Some of you say, well, I'm not a parent, but if you're an auntie or an uncle or a grandmother or a surrogate parent, do you think you could be manipulated too? I I know somebody who's got a very troubled child, and she is so good at sucking people into her story. She doesn't like it because she has um, boundaries of what she cannot do in her family, so she will go to teachers or preachers, or whatever, and then say, you have no idea. My mother just never loved me. She's never treated me fair. And they all like, well, I understand, honey. I-, I didn't have all the love I needed when I was young, too, and you can come to me. It's not a problem to be friendly to people. But sometimes you want to, might want to validate their story and find out what the real truth is, because otherwise... If you say to somebody, yes, you have the worst life and things are really bad, and I don't know how you can get along with that family, we've just isolated them right from that because they have another person to depend on. Affluenza. You ever heard of it? (laughs) Children who feel entitled are irresponsible and make excuses for their bad behavior because their parents have not set proper boundaries. By the way, none of my... um, programs that I'm doing this week are copyrighted. I I would be happy to send it to you if you're tired of taking notes. If there's a way you can teach some of these things in your churches, I'm happy to let you have my PowerPoint. So I'm going to tell you my um, email and you can send a request. AOL.com. Okay. It's Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, the first three letters of my last name, S-N-Y, at AOL.com, and I'm happy to send it to you. There was a psychologist, he was um, asked to testify at the court of a 16-year-old who drove a brand-new car while she was drunk, and she killed four people. And he told the court, affluenza is impacting American kids all across the nation. These kids cannot be serious and mature enough with all the stuff that they've been handed by their parents. They've got too much time, they've got too much stuff. And this extreme case was Carla Wagner, 17, Coral Gables, Florida. She spent the afternoon drinking tequila with her friend. That's pretty hard liquor. Then she charged on her American Express card all kinds of stuff at the bar for her other friends. And then she sped off in her high-performance Audi. She was 17, so one year from getting her driver's license. As she was texting on her her phone, she ran over a 16-year-old honor student who was out rollerblading. She was charged with drunk driving and manslaughter. When she was given her trial date, her loving parents asked the judge if it was okay if they... Postpone the date because Carla was going to be spending the summer in, in Paris with a friend that summer. So she became like the poster child for affluenza. But they have too much, and they don't know what to do to deal with it, right? He used to work in an auto parts store? Mm-hmm. We car- Just a minute, I'm going to repeat that. He's a person who works in a parts store across the, lot, across the road from a used car lot. Turn into the used car lot. So a lady was waiting to drive into that car lot and somebody behind her was texting a young girl and she ran into the back end of that car. Demolished her car. Demolished her car. They, both into the used car they both pulled into the used car dealership. The police showed up. The police showed up. The funniest part was the instant the accident happened, after they pulled into the used car dealer, the young girl gets out of her phone. Of course, the lady that got rear ended was angry. She got out holding her neck. The young girl gets out of her car and looks at the woman and says, I'm so sorry, I promise I wasn't texting, I wasn't even touching my phone. So the girl got out after the lady was got out of her car, holding her neck, and what? she said to the lady, I wasn't even texting, and I, you know, whatever. What the first thing you defend. You know? Yeah. So the police show up. And while they were writing the girl a ticket... Please show up. And while they were writing the girl a ticket... The 17-year-old girl's dad showed up and bought her a new car... The 17-year-old girl's father bought her another car and let her drive away from the scene of accident. That's incredible. That's incredible. Is that really about love? The article says that they interviewed six-year-olds. How how old were they? Six. The parents allowed them to, they thought they were all doing pretty good and they thought that their kids were pretty well-behaved. What they found was that many of the six-year-olds were completely addicted to technology and video games. They found 11-year-olds playing video games like Assassin's Creed, which is a bloody, violent game, and they they found a significant number of them were playing with strangers on the internet that they didn't know and had never met. That was just a little sampling. Instead of playing ball outside they found that the 13 year old girls, you know, like they were talking about the boys were on the internet rather than going out and exercising. The 13 year old girls were shopping for sexy lingerie and underwear at Victoria's Secret because the ads on their technology, encouraged them to buy and to look good, etc., and they had really hammered that down. And they also found that boys that were 13-year-olds, were um, that a significant number of them were playing, playing X-rated games that were violent. We love our kids so much, don't we? This young man, uh, Dan Kinlan, he's been doing some studying. He's a Harvard psychologist. And he uh, wrote a book called Raising Cain, but he also wrote um, Too Much of a Good Thing. And he said that indulged children are likely to be living with parents or grandparents. So here it is that they grow up, maybe they're 18, 19. What what would happen at one round 18 or 19? They would graduate from high school, and they should be what moving forward to what a job or going to college he found that the the majority of them were still living with the parents or grandparents they were very self-centered and they had a distorted sense of entitlement I deserve this you should do this for me if I need a job you should get it for me that kind of thing if I need technology you know you should give it to me that kinda stuff Um, he also found out that they many of them when he tested them acted very irresponsible and they rarely acknowledged their problem they made excuses for their bad behavior, and many times they blamed their parents for any of the problems that they were having. He also found out that many of them had grown up with little discipline and had very poor boundaries. What do we mean by a boundary? Relationship. A what? Relationship with parents. Relationship with parents. Well, okay, let's get a little farther. Rules. Rules. Uh, restrictions they didn't like yes structure they didn't like to have a schedule they didn't like you know how most of our parents would say I want you to eat your peas before you get to have you know some jello or whatever these children you know they had their jello first and they didn't eat their peas right so they were having a hard time with boundaries they found out that these children had been indulged by their parents they were spoiled And they said, many of them said, I want what my parents have, I deserve what they have. Even though some of them had probably worked 30 or 40 years to get what they had. He also said that he was really significantly impressed with the fact that so many of them had anxiety and depression. So when you feel like you're dependent on other people for your happiness, and the world owes you, there was a significant amount of depression and anxiety. And that there was a significant amount of them, because they felt bored and unhappy and dissatisfied with their life, that they turned to experimenting with alcohol and with drugs. So there was a significant amount of them. And he also learned that as they got older, they, had, they were very ungrateful. They felt their lives were the worst. They didn't think about other people. They always thought about why they were unhappy. Um, and he said that many of them had not learned proper social skills or um, how to be responsible or how to be respectful or whatever. He felt that there was a huge problem with them. He also said that they were materialistic. They... Oh, we already said poor boundaries. They needed immediate gratification. They weren't going to work for something unless they got it right away. And they couldn't wait. Did we hear this already? They had poor self-control. Remember the M&M? You think about children. They grow up. You know, kids are impulsive when they're young. But you're trying to teach them to be, you know, to wait. To ask for God's help. To move forward, you know, only because... It's the right thing to do, not because you just want to do it. Here's another encouragement, right? Let's read that first, that first comment before the comma. The Lord will be with you. Is that encouraging? Mothers, as you try to form right habits in your children, but you must begin the training process early. I was on a board in Lansing for Ingham County, and I was on the truancy com- um, commission. For the governor, I'm sorry, for the mayor of Lansing. And we would go in and we would try to help the high school kids. And we'd find out, you know, there's all these kids that are skipping school. They're, they're mouthing off to their parents. They're hanging out on the playgrounds. They're home playing technology while their parents work. And we tried to do everything we could coming up with a program to help them. And they said, it's been very ineffective. We are going to scrap that. We need to work earlier. So we went to the middle schools, and we started working with the middle schools. Well, guess what? In the middle schools, there's almost like the high schools when some of us were growing up. Things have changed so much. Those kids are already, their boundaries are already out. They've already been on technology for years. And so they said, now we need to just scrap that, and we need to get to the kids in elementary school. Do we need to give up on people? Absolutely not. Did not did God give up on you? <laughs> Have you had troubles in your life and the Lord helped you? Yes. But working with kids when they're still growing and developing is certainly the most beneficial time to work with them. It says, um, you must begin the process early or your future work will be very difficult. Teach them line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. That's what it reminds me of working on my cell phone, right? I don't want to hear all about it right now. I need little by little And your kids do too. They don't want lectures. They want to see people doing it. They want to see people with skin on it role modeling it. He designs that families on earth shall be samples of the family in heaven, which is what we heard again earlier. Here's another thing. These kids had too much of a good thing. They said they had been raised to think they could do no wrong. Remember we have this uh, encouraging thing where... We're supposed to flatter our kids and go, you are so good. You did that so good. I don't know how you did that. You're just the best in the whole class. No, it would much be better to say, you worked at it, and I see that you're accomplishing it. You probably have some more practice you need to do, but I'm really glad to see that you're persisting. That's so much different than doing that. Or how about, have you seen this at church? It's really annoying. You're such a cute little girl. You're a good looker. I bet you're going to have a boyfriend when you're five. Like, really? Really? Um, Like, what are we trying to do? Encourage them to be vain and think that they've got the whole world by their hand? Like, we need to balance. Do you have a boyfriend yet? Do you have a boyfriend? You don't have a boyfriend yet? Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. We need to recognize that we have to give them appropriate encouragement and praise, not flattery. They have difficulty coping with disappointments. They are just beside themselves. It's it's that all or nothing. If I don't get everything I want at the moment I want it, then everything's a mess. We're trying to teach them good coping skills. And then if they don't do that, they're, again, more vulnerable to anxiety and depression. They have a tendency to be self-centered, self-absorbed, and guess what? kids who are self-absorbed and they can only think about themselves become more focused on how they feel about everything Yeah, you know if somebody goes up to you and says you know you've got a hurt finger you must be just miserable how can you even function with your hurt finger and they go right it's really bad it's really bad I don't know how I can... like we can really increase their mental health problems and you say no if you just put a bandage on your finger and we get it all cleaned up I bet you can go along and you can play in the sandbox or you can color or whatever and you just need to be careful and then you'll get it. like we need to help them get through the thing but as soon as we go everything's a mess I don't know how you can do it well we're done right mental health can be also cultivated by our parents many have overspending problems can you imagine that That's like, here's $20, well I've seen kids who have $100, right? Here's $100, go and spend what you want, rather than saying, well let's think about it. Should we take the tithe out of that, and have you given your offering? And what's some of the things that you really need to buy with that money? And do you need to put away any to say, like we need mentoring and encouragement, right? Don't just give them to the wolves. The devil is out there, he brings the wolves to them if you haven't given them to him yourself have goals of wealth, fame, and image. They believe that they're more special than they were. Who does that remind you of in the Bible? Remember the devil? Aye, aye, aye. There's a whole part where he has like eight eyes in, in a couple t- verses. And um, when we do that, we've got them in a big place where they're going to have some problems. Um, overeating problems, I, I passed that one up. But that is a big issue. It's all about indulgence. Personal growth or making the community better is not something that they focus on. Important. What is adventurers, by the way? Is that a good thing? It's talking about the community and how to work with other people of different ages. Like actually, those, some of the things in the adventurer program are, are character builders that they will never, give, um, never ever get over because those are things that will help them in their younger age. I remember my mom used to say, oh, adventurers and pathfinders, that's just a, a wonderful babysitting uh, experience. But she just didn't know the program. When you look at those programs, there are specific things that they are trying to accomplish with those children. And children who have that in their background have a real great benefit to help others when they get to a certain age. Jesus spoke to the people and he said in Luke 12:15, Take care. Can we say that? With an X. Ex- protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Can you say that? Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not divine, defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Is that true? Isn't it amazing when you're on a different subject how that verse speaks to you about that subject? Do you have an indulged child? So if you have an indulged child, here's what they might look like. I'm just looking to see at our time. Okay, so we go till 4.45, right? You might give your child too much. You might overdo for your kids. There's some parents that do their kids' homework. You don't expect them to do their chores. By the way, chores help build what? Character. You're teaching them to be workers in the next life, but if they think that everybody's going to do things for them, they're never going to learn and that's an issue. Don't enforce your um, rules. Your child runs you and you don't run them. You allow your child to do things beyond their age like movies, ride in cars with other people, talk to kids about your marital issues. Your kids are not your friends. You need to hold those burdens. I have somebody whose um, wife is having an affair and he said, "I, I, I told the kids exactly what happened. And I'm like, well, do you want a medal for that? He said, well, they need to know what their mother's like. I said, really? Were you trying to damage their relationship with their mother? Well, no. I said, I know you're angry at their mother, but you just put that on your kids. They're going to find out. They can figure out things without you telling them. And I don't think that it's very good for you to try and hurt the relationship with their mother. But you need to watch the burdens you put on their shoulders. They are not your friends. Get a counselor. Get a pastor. Get a friend, but do not talk about adult things with your kids. Your kids go, but I wanna know. I want what is you, what are you talking about in here? And you say it's for parents to know or or an adult to know, and and someday maybe you'll know, but it won't be right now. Well, why not? It's like, you know what? I asked you to trust me because I'm doing the right thing for you right now, and I do not need to tell you, right? Uh, Baby a child and tell them they don't treat you right. Why, Why did they win when you didn't, you know, that kind of thing, overzealous. You're prettier or smarter than them. You start to build this thing where, you know, they don't have to work at anything. It should just come naturally. Set boundaries. Put your marriage first. If you're in a marriage, expect respect from your child. And people go, but it's really hard because I don't have the respect of my child. Well, it's started, It's time to work on it, right? If you need help from a third party, get help. Or if you need to talk to them, not in the situation that you're dealing with them, but before so that you have a plan, do it. Very important. Allow your child to experience frustrations. You know, many times we don't want them to be disappointed. We would like to make everything good. And what happens is we made them think that feelings like grief or sadness or being left out are not okay. And so they are trying to desensitize that by maybe a substance or, or getting into a bad relationship or whatever. We really need to let them feel the feelings that they feel and say, I'm here if you want to talk about it. Or that must have been really disappointing when you didn't get invited to the party and you felt other kids did, or when I didn't give you that iPad that you wanted so badly. I, I know that must be disappointing, but I, I wonder if we could do something different, you know, maybe maybe we could do something that they don't do. We could go miniature golfing together or whatever. Like we need to help them. Expect them to do their household chores. Teach your children to be soul winners. What does that do? Gets their mind off themselves and onto other people. Have you seen children transformed by a mission experience? Yes. Or by a GYC experience? Or by being in campus ministries? Or by going to the nursing home and helping people and singing for them or doing something for them? There is nothing better than to take our eyes off of ourselves. Because when we're on ourselves all the time is when the devil just seems to really keep us rolling. It's not fair. Life is bad. By the way, is life fair? No. Yeah. Did anyone tell you that it was going to be fair? Have you ever noticed that when it's not fair, you get so annoyed? Because you think that if I would do it that way, then other people should. It's not going to happen in this world. Here's another um, quote. The world teems with corrupting, corrupting influences. Do you agree? She was talking about this 100 years ago. Do you think it's even more so today? Fashions and custom exert a strong power over the young. Is that right? You know, I work for the Edna's Historic Village, and uh, we talk about these ladies in these corsets. You know, remember they used to tie them so tight? You can see a picture on the Internet about how their organs all kind of transformed when they would do that and many of those women got pleurisy and lung conditions and they couldn't breathe and, and they got sick and sometimes their intestines you know, got smashed and they would actually die from some of the things that they did and they had those hoop skirts where they'd walk around an open hearth and many of those women suffered from being um, burned, sometimes burned up and sometimes just burned. And I'm like, those fashions were impacting that generation in such a negative way and people are telling me, oh, but that's kind of the way that they want them to drive. Now they're doing the corset thing again. And it's just like everything is never new under the sun. They always come back to those unhealthy things. If the mother fails in her duty to instruct, guide, and restrain, her children will naturally accept the evil and turn from good. I've had people who said, well, why bring your kids to a Christian school? And I'm like, so you can teach them of God? Oh, yes, but you know, that's kind of like mind control. I mean, they need to decide for themselves how they're going to do. I'm like, did you think that there aren't other influences that are trying to push them in another way? Like, take them back. Let every mother go often to her Savior with the prayer, teach us how shall we order the child and what shall we do unto him. I want to keep telling you that God is going to help you. These are hard situations. God is good. He's going to help you. Your goal is to keep your child on the right path so that he can go to heaven someday, or she. And I'm like, we need to let them um, be under the influence of the Savior because we are not effective unless God is helping us. Let her heed the instruction that God has given in his word, and wisdom will be given to her as she shall have need get help and support, put boundaries on your use. So you can um, Google on the internet. See, there is good things on the internet. You can Google on the internet um, boundaries for technology or internet rules or whatever. You can go to images and you can just copy off all kinds of things. Or you can go to my thing, um, the bekind.org or, or .com, and there are all kinds of technology contracts you can make with your child. If somebody is in danger, if you're looking at something inappropriate, if you're spending too much time, this is what's going to happen. Those are really important, and you've got to be mindful, and you've got to be there with them and and make sure that it happens. You don't count to two and then forget the three. Okay? Eat meals together as a family. Does that sound like an old thing? Did you know that children who eat meals with their family three or four times a week get more principles and standards from their parents than in any other thing. Not bands, not music lessons, not Sunday school. I'm sorry, it was a non-adventist study. Not um, from scout troops, etc. But the biggest impact was when they were sitting at the family table together. That's where the kids learned the majority of things. Um, I'm getting older. I had a young girl a few years ago, and she was telling me that, oh, yeah, we eat dinner at our house every, every night. And I said, every night? Wow, that's like Ozzy and Harriet. And she looked at me, and she goes, I knew who Ozzy is, but who's Harriet? <laughs> she thought Ozzy Osborne. That was not who I meant. Okay. Teach your children the difference between a need and a want. Did we just say that? Forgive yourself for your parenting mistakes. Have we all made mistakes? All have sinned and fallen short, but God loves us, and he's going to help you. Be a parent, not a friend. We're all born into sin. Children do not see the need for self-control and self-restraint, and we have to correct them and help them and develop that interest. Um, Responsible action is the duty of all of us people, right? Even when you see something at your church that's not right, stand up and make a comment or help that child. Just really work on it. Let no man seek his own, which I like the uh, the what is that verse, I mean what is the Bible that's got all the extra stuff in it? Amplified, Amplified Bible. I like the Amplified Bible. Let no man seek his own to advance self, but every man's man another's wealth. So in other words, we have a responsibility that we are supposed to watch over other people. We've always heard this one from Proverbs 22, 6. Why don't we read this one? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I have I visit a lot of churches to speak, and I've seen a couple of baptisms in the last year, and there are people who've gotten baptized in their 80s or 90s, And they are tearfully excited when they tell that their parent will be so surprised when they're in heaven because they thought that they were lost and they came in after their parent died. So I'm just like, encouragement, folks. If you have a wayward child, the Lord is still working on their heart, and we're just going to have to pray that that happens. Make sure your child does the hard things first, right? Remember I said, eat your broccoli before you eat your dessert? Like, give them little things that they have to get their chores done before they do something. Or or if they want to go someplace, they have to make sure that they've got their homework done. Whatever. Like, give them things that help them elongate the need to uh, get it done right away so that they learn that waiting for something is more encouraging. Um, do the next hard thing. So, sometimes we just need to get hard things out of our life and so maybe we need you know instead of instead of waiting to do the things last that we dislike get them done first sometimes that really helps them actually they looked at millionaires and the most of them get all their work done in the morning and then the afternoon they kind of free up things and i thought well that's a good thing get it done empathy is a game changer Um, when we are trying to teach them boundaries and rules don't go, ha ha see what you have to do now. Instead you say I, I know it's really difficult and you know I love you. I'm praying for you. I know you can get that done. You want to be an encourager, right? So empathy is very important. That's that piece that are off is often missing with people. We're gonna talk about that in discipline on Friday, the different four different ways of um, disciplining our children, and you will see some real things that you'll pick up in there. And it's often empathy is out of the authoritarian parent where they want to say, do as I say and not as I do, right? Okay. Matthew twenty twenty eight um, tells us, I don't think this is a quote, that happy people will have a good life and they make a good life for other people. So that's the end of my talk because I wanted to have some time to talk to you about any questions that you have. So anybody have a question that's... Can you tell me what your first name is and where you're from? Uh, my name is Erin. I'm from the Holland Church. Erin from Holland. Uh, my have is, I talked to you at Holland before? Yeah, I think so. I was going to say I went to a mother's group there. Yes. Do you know of any churches or resources in the Adventist Church for families that have kids with special needs? For special needs in the Adventist Church? I am drawing a blank on that which is hard and it's not okay because we have a growing segment of special needs kids and we need to be watching for that but you know there is um, we have a North American division I think it's nad.org and you can often write questions to the family life department there and they have teams with education etc and they have developed handbooks and all kinds of things I would wonder if, you, if they might give you some resources for that. But there certainly are great resources that aren't always Seventh-day Adventists out there. So don't get discouraged. And maybe uh, if you have a big interest in that, you'll get it going, huh? Yeah. The church is, is needing people that are interested in certain um, subjects to get those things developed. So, yeah, when you have a passion for it, start moving. Right? I'm going to do a singles class tomorrow. Am I single? No. But I have a passion for it. I've been going and speaking at uh, singles retreats, and I thought, we need to get this going in Michigan, don't we? So anyway, just like, doesn't matter who you are. If the Lord gave you some passion for something, start moving forward. We can use you. Anybody else? A question that you have? Yeah? Um, my Your name na- is Lacey, St. and I'm also from the Holland Church. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, eating meals together, and you said that it's... The family is, is very important to you, and I always you know, have heard that, and I know it's good, but I was wondering what are the things that should be in a meal that will make a really good experience for the children to have? I mean, like in my family, my husband is not home every night, mm-hmm. um, but we still eat together mm-hmm. with my kids, even though my husband is not home. What are the things that you think are really important that should not be missing during the meal time? Well, you know, this is an off-the-cuff opinion. Because I can tell you what the statistics are showing. Um, One statistic says that bulimia and anorexia is reduced when you're having meals together. So evidently eating good foods and talking about nutrition and all those things, are hopefully something like that would enter into the conversation. Another thing is that they said the principles of the parents' religious life. So hopefully it's not just chatter and laughter and jokes. But sometimes it's like, yeah, well, we can expect those things are going to happen in this world or you know, we have a better place someday. Like if you can make little comments like that, we're all you know, they're very much listening. And by the way, a father's um, influence is so important on their children. So whenever the father can join, that would be really important. They say that mothers they expect because they're emotional to be religious people, the kids do. But when the father has an interest in religion, and he says something openly to them it makes a bigger bang for them and they have more of an interest in spiritual life so you know if you don't have a husband home maybe there's a somebody in your family a spiritual man or somebody that you can include like aunt and uncle or or you know that older couple that go to church from time to time or whatever so it sounds like that's really important uh... let me see another statistic about that uh... family meal is that the children have more of an interest in social skills so evidently the people don't just ignore their kids they must have some good listening skills at the the family table because they said the kids connected better with adults they looked at eye to eye contact etc when they had family meals so yeah those are those are what I would assume from the statistics that would be happening to get that to happen Mm -hmm. I have a question. My name is Olga and I'm from Troy Church how much time should they spend on the computer? I'm going to... Right, I, I can't say that I have an answer for that. But when you look at some of the contracts on there, they're talking about an hour of supervised time. They're talking about whether it's, it's for homework or if it's for entertainment. So we also don't want the kids to think that, uh, that they have to be entertained all the time. That Sometimes they need to find things to do, like read, etc. And if they only think that their entertainment comes from the computer, it would be a much longer time. And so, I, I don't know that I can give you an answer, but I think that's something that you're going to have to decide on your own. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes. You were mentioning about, uh, sorry, I'm Kathleen from Hillsdale Church. Hi, Kathleen. Um, you were mentioning about the conflicting views with divorced parents. Mm-hmm. How does that fit in with grandparents that may not have the same belief structure when you have constant battles between what's overindulgence and what's bringing yeah, up of a child? That's really hard. I think that that's a discussion, and that's like a contract with the grandparents. Because it, let's say that it was a parent that was doing it. Like, we'd have to have a plan. We don't really want to give our kid over to indulgence if we can. And so, um, I mean, I believe that grand, you know, parents say, no, 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 no. And the kid, grandparents say, yes, yes, yes. Right? Is that right? Yes, all oh, so. Yes, oh. My daughter used to come home with this little swagger, you know. I'm like, "Okay, indulge child, right?" That was a good illustration. But you have to recognize that if they never affirm your beliefs and your conditions, that a lot of time at the grandparents is probably going to be hard. So, I think that it's really important to get the grandparents involved in the you know, the process and have a good discussion. Never do it in the moment. Do it when the kids aren't there and you can sit down and have a discussion. And I do not believe in taking kids away from their grandparents unless they're divisive to the parents. Like, you know, your mother's a mean mother if she won't let you do that. Or, you know, your dad, he's a bad dad because he spanks you and and I know that he doesn't care about you. Like, if it was something like that, that's an issue. But most grandparents really do want to affirm the parents. Most want to affirm the parents. And I hope that you're praying for them, too, because it is really nice when they're involved in their life and they can be a help instead of a hindrance. Yes? So I'm from a divorce. Well, my husband and I, he has the kids for a lot of the time, and I have the kids for some of the time, and they have no boundaries. I and mean, they need everything, jewelry, and yeah, the alcohol comes like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So when they're here, i you know, prefer and doing all that stuff and then she will like we'll be in line to talk about she'll be like I want you know or chicken nuggets or whatever or meat or mm-hmm. whatever and I'll be like no I'm sorry you know following my conscience how can I do it in a way that's not gonna turn her away This this is actually a really common problem and some people say to their kids now, you know if granny says that you're gonna have chicken nuggets you're just saying no and then they're really in this, you know, really is hard for them. So, I think it's really important to talk to the grandparents, be very serious about it, have a contract. I'm like, you know what? It's a real special question. Maybe you need to work with somebody and talk to them about how to do that because I can't just give you across the board whatever. You know, there's things that you can move on, right? That are not that are not standards or principles. But when there's standards or principles, it's like, this is black and white, and this is what we don't do, right? Um, I had a, my daughter, somebody at church asked if they could take her home because my husband was in a meeting, and when I came home, they were watching movies on my television on Sabbath. And I said to my daughter, which was not right, what in the world, why we, and they go, but they kept telling me that it was okay, it was okay, and I'm like, well, we'll never be having that young lady again at our house. And then I also asked her, and she denied that they had done that. So I knew right away that I just couldn't trust her and her care, right? So, yeah, I, can, I just I don't want to do a, above the thing. Like, that might be a really specific thing to what's going on with your parents or grandparents on the other side. There are parents that are usually very happy to do what the parents want. They just want to be able to spoil them a bit. I mean, tear against me. Yes. Which is a whole nother a whole nother game plan. Yeah. Okay, we are it's four forty-five, so I'm gonna shut down our program. I'm gonna have prayer. And if you have more questions, I'm happy to sit here and answer them for you. Let's have prayer. Thank you, Lord, for each person here. I I thank you for the warning signals you've given us. I thank you for the care and love that that you give us the best thing to do, but you don't just leave us on our own, that you are helping, that you are wooing hearts that you're encouraging us, that you love us, that you want us to have our children raised in the best way. And I pray for those that are here, that you'll be with each one of their children that they represent. I pray that you'll be with their words, their attitudes, their love for their children. I pray that they will um, work hard to keep that goal in mind about getting them to the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that... Um, you have your eye on our children at all times. You know their hearts and that you're wooing them. Uh, that's a, a big reassurance. And thank you, Lord, for your love. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www. Dot audioverse.org.